0: She started weeping. She's like, Leah, but I've been praying for 18 years. She goes, I just don't know if I have enough faith to believe that God wants to heal me. I said, that's all right, Camille. I have enough for both of us. You can borrow some of mine.
1: This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org to find out how you can partner with us today.
0: We just celebrated the 10 year anniversary of Camille's healing. Quick backdrop, I used to uh, be in web design as well as uh, I'm an analyst by trade. I got burnout writing code and doing all that. You're gonna hear some background noise as we're talking. That's gonna get loud sometimes. And that's, I own a repair shop. Uh, We build custom hot rod C10 classic trucks. One day I'm walking through the World Trade Center. This was January of 2009. I I get close to this lady and she's sitting at a podium. And as I get closer to her, I realize that my back starts hurting. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. And it was a particular spot in my back and I don't have back problems. So I was like, this is really unusual. And I I finally stepped in front of her and I, I introduced myself. And uh, she was watercolor painting, like she was an artist. So I introduced myself, I shake her hand, and I tell her, hi, my name's Lee. And she says, oh, my name's Camille. And I said, cool. I said, um, "I said, uh, can I ask you a question? She said, what's that? I said, do you have back pain? And and I pointed to the area on my lower back where I was experiencing this back pain. And she looked at me, and her eyes got big around his saucers, and she goes, I do? And I said, I said and, it, and it hurts right here? And she said, yes, that's exactly where it hurts. And I said, huh. I said, uh, I said, well, would it be all right if I pray for you? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, just before we go any further, I want to make sure we're real clear here. I'm praying to Jesus. I'm not praying to Buddha. I'm not praying to none of those other guys. I'm praying to Jesus. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we pray. And she turns around. She says, oh, thank you so much. You know, we've been praying for forever, blah, 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 blah. We kind of went into this dialogue. I asked her a couple of questions. And one of them was, so how long have you been praying? She said, well, you know, this happened 18 years ago. I fell down a flight of stairs in the ice and broke her back in two places. And she's at level 10 pain. Level 10 is, just so we're clear here, that suicidal level pain by most medical you know, terms. Let's just put it this way. She doesn't have a normal sleeping pattern or a day-to-day pattern. She can't drive longer than 45 minutes at a time. She said, yeah, I've been praying for 18 years and thank you so much, the little pat on the back prayer. You know, oh, thank you so much, ha, ha, ha. And, you know, and I said, no, no, no. I said, look, the Lord showed me specifically where your back was hurting. I said, there's no reason for him to tell me exactly what's wrong with your body and your pain if he's not ready to do something right now. That makes no sense. Why would you buy your kid a Christmas present and not give it to him? That's stupid. But I said, look, Jesus paid an ultimate price for you with his body and with his blood. And I actually think he should get what he deserves, what he paid for. Again, she kind of scoffed at me, laughed at me and, you know, blew me off more or less. I don't know if it was really a scoff or a laugh, but she kind of blew me off. You know, oh, thank you so much. Uh-huh. I said, OK. I said, you don't believe it's the Lord. I said, that's all right. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Lord tonight to tell me something specific about you. And tomorrow I'm going to come back and talk to you so you know what I'm telling you is true. And I walked off. I pull out of the parking lot. I said, Lord, what do you want to say to her? He gives me two two things. He says, dead dog and divorce. I said, Lord, what in the heck does a dead dog have to do with a divorce? And how in the world do I bring that up in conversation? That's weird. I said, Lord, I'm weird and that's weird. I said, she already thinks I'm crazy. So I go home, I'm, I'm up all night fast and praying, asking the Lord, okay, how do I bring this up to this lady? I don't, I don't know her, how is this going to translate to her to understand that what I'm telling her is true? So the next day I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I have my coffee, I walk in front of her, I look at her, she's sitting at her podium painting again. And I walk up to her and I say, hey, how are you doing? She goes, she, and she has that look on her face like, you again. <laughs> and I just laugh. And I, I, I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to tell her about the dead dog and the divorce, right? And I'm, uh, the only thing that comes out of my mouth is I go, tell me about your dogs. And she lights up like a Christmas tree. She describes her dogs and I go, oh, you're describing yourself. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I, I said, I saw this, this painting. I said, I saw a, a, a clay pot and it's poured over. And oil's running out of it to these other clay pots. And there's like a crack in one of them. And she goes, She goes, It's not oil, it's water. And I said, No, it's oil. She goes, No, it's water. And we start arguing, right? And finally, I stop her and I go, What are we talking about, anyways? And she looks at me and she goes, I just finished that painting last week. I've showed it to no one. And she's still like, I said, You still don't believe me, do you? She said, No. I said, You know why I asked you about the dogs? And she said, No. And I said, I said, You had another one. You're not telling me everything. And she said, How did you know? I said, Well, I said, Well, you mind telling me? She tells me the, the about this dog. And I said, I said, You were married once. So she starts telling me this whole story about her husband leaving her. He was a minister at a particular church. Basically, he stood up in front of his congregation, stood up in front of his wife, and said he didn't believe what he was preaching and blah, 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 blah. And he ended up leaving his wife. She went through a very rough period in her life because of it. He leaves. They had this dog, and the dog, like didn't do very well. And then he came back for a period of time. And when he came back, he got mad, left again. And the dog died a few weeks later. And then they got a divorce. There's the dead dog and the divorce. And so I said, this is what the Lord told me when I pulled out of the driveway. He said, dead dog and divorce. She goes, no, I believe you. We're good. And so she still was like very questionable with my motives. And she said, you know, I talked to my friend about you. I said, "Okay," And she goes, my friend said, if I get healed, it's the devil that did it. And I said, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I said, I said why would the devil heal you so Jesus gets the glory? And so I, I, I kind of said that to her and I said, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. I said, if I had a friend tell me that, I probably wouldn't be friends with him anymore. I said, Rem- remember the scripture says that you have a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. I just told you about a painting that you had. I told you about your dogs, about your, dead, about your divorce. I told you about your pain, and You still don't believe it's the Lord. I said, I said, the church is full of unbelieving believers and it breaks my heart. And I started crying. So I pray for her again. She has that encounter. And, and the, on the third day, I pray for her again. And, you know, we, we go through this dialogue. She ends up doing a website with me. So we're talking through the website for a period of weeks. And every time I talk to her, I tell her what the Lord told me. And there was a whole bunch of other things in there. I mean, there's I mean, a lot of them um, in the middle of this. She came to our church in the first of February, maybe around Valentine's Day. So remember, it was January when we met, end of January. Middle of February, close to Valentine's Day, she shows up at my church. She shows up and they start shaking her and telling her, you know, praying for her and shaking her and all this stuff. And I'm like, back up, guys, leave her alone. Like, yeah, the Lord's gonna heal her, absolutely. That's not even open for discussion. But leave her alone, let her get some air. And she left angry. She actually called me one day and cussed me out and told, her I was the, told me I was the worst healer ever and to stop praying for her, literally. You're the worst healer ever, stop praying for me. I said, no, I'm sorry, I can't. So I, I would, you know, back off a little bit, let the Lord work in our heart, and then we would talk about our website. End of February, it comes around. I call her, I said, Camille, we have to talk about your website. Can we meet so we can discuss some things? She's like, yeah, we, you know, so we go meet at the Starbucks at Preston Hollow. And on the way there, I saw the dream she had the night before. I actually saw it. And in the dream, there was a few white doors and, and the doors, she's trying to open the door and she can't, she's using all of her strength and all this. And, and the Lord says, I want you to tell her about the dreams. And I'm like, uh, okay. And she's already angry, like ask me not to pray for her anymore. So we get to the Starbucks. I make sure we sit outside because <laughs> I knew she was going to get angry with me. So I look at her and I go, um, Camille, we need to talk about your website. That's what we're here for. But don't let me forget to ask you about, to tell you about the dream last night with the, with the white doors. And she gets mad. She slams her hand down. She grabs her cane, which I forgot to tell you about. She has a cane. She walks with a cane permanently. So she grabs her cane and she gets pissed and she turns to me and she goes, I can't deal with this right now. I got to go. And I start laughing. I said, "Camille, I'm sorry. We don't have to talk about this. We have to discuss your website. Please sit down. We won't. We won't discuss that unless you want to. Uh, no, no problem." So she sits back down, and we talk about her website. And about ten minutes into the conversation, she slams her hand on the on the on the table that's outside, and she goes, "Just tell me. You always know. Just tell me. I already know. Just tell me." I said, "Okay." I said, "Last night you had a dream, and this was your dream." And I started telling her the dream from start to finish. And I said, do you want to know what it means? She said, yeah. I said, you were, you were running back and forth between these doors, back and forth trying to figure out how to get through this door, and you were yanking and pulling, using your leg and all your strength, and you couldn't open the door no matter what you did. And I said, remember, the scripture says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I'll come and sup with him and he with me. Remember? She said, yeah. She's tears running down her face. And I said, you don't realize that he's knocking on one door, and all you have to do is stop and listen to which door he's at. I said, and then when you stopped, you finally, the door finally blew open from the, in, from the other side, from the hinge side. And it blew open and you walked through it. She's shaking and trembling. I said, it's not by your strength, it's his. There's nothing you can do to make this happen. It's just him, because he loves you. And she started weeping. She's like, Leah, but I've been praying for 18 years. She goes, I just don't know if I have enough faith to believe that God wants to heal me. I said, that's all right, Camille. I have enough for both of us. You can borrow some of mine. I left there with this sense in my heart that I, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff in my lifetime. Miracles I've seen, you know, but this one has forever impacted my heart in a totally different manner. I knew there was a destiny and a purpose on her that she couldn't see. And she'll tell you this. She says, I woke up the next morning and I moved and I didn't have any pain. And I knew somebody had been in the room. I felt something different. Normally when she wakes up, she's already at level 10 pain. Couldn't move, couldn't, you know. Takes a sleeping pill and a pain pill just to go to bed. Are you with me? I mean, it's, she's in bad, goes to pain management classes. Suicidal level pain. She said she woke up and moved and didn't have any pain. And she called her neighbor Didn't tell me, didn't call me. I believe it was on a Monday when I met her or Tuesday. On Wednesday is when the miracle, I believe it was Wednesday night. On Thursday, she got healed. On Thursday, that same Thursday, I go to Lowe's and I walk in the door. Now, this is another part of the story which leads somewhere, so bear with me. I walk in the door at Lowe's. I haven't talked to Camille. I walk through the door. I look to my left. There's a lady standing at the counter. She's an African-American lady. And she's standing there. She works there. And I see in a quick snapshot, I see her son sitting at a table. His name's Chris, and he's all he does is draw. That's all he does. He's always drawing all all day, coloring pictures and drawing all day. And she gets ag- angry at him. She's yelling at him in this encounter that I'm watching. And I, remember, I'm walking through Lowe's. I'm minding my own business. I'm like, I'm like, I actually told the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm at Lowe's right now. I don't have time for this. I'm trying to build a fence for my wife. My wife's birthday is March 5th, and I'm building her a fence that she wanted. That's how. I That's how these these reference points. I said, I said, Lord, what are you telling me? And I go back to the back. I pick up my wood. I come back. He goes, I want you to tell her that that's the way I talk to her son and everything's okay. I said, okay. So I get up in front of the counter and I said, I said, you have a son. And she looks at me real funny. She goes, a song? I said, no, a son, S-O-N, a boy. He's nine years old. His name's Christopher, Chris. She backs up from the counter. She goes, she says some real colorful words, real colorful words. She's like and I know, you know i know you from facebook and i said i ain't never met you before in my life and i start laughing i said no i don't i don't know you i said i'm just I, I i walked through the door and the lord showed me your son sitting at a table and you get angry with him because he never gets up he won't go outside and play he won't play video games i said all he does is sit in color pictures and write and she starts weeping i mean like sobbing crying and I said, I said to her, I said, the, the Lord wants you to know that everything's okay. That's how he talks to your son. Isn't that wild? And so I'm standing there and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm crying. She's crying. And so I pray with her real quick and she's still freaked out. She won't come near the counter. She didn't even want to check me out. She finally checks me out, right? And I leave. And I'm like, Lord, can, can we do something else? You have to interrupt me like this. like You know, this is weird and I'm weird and this is weird and this is what happens all the time. So this is on a Thursday. I finished the fence for my wife. On Sunday, I go to church. I'm standing talking to this guy leaning up against one of the pillars. And a guy, he's like 6'2". He's standing in front of me. So he you can't really see the doors where people walk in because he's standing blocking my view. And I'm standing there telling this guy, John. I go, I go, John, this is what happened on, on Thursday. I'm at Lowe's and this happens. And I'm telling him the story of the African-American woman. With, and, and he's weeping and crying as I'm telling the story. And I see this, these set of ladies walked past him, but I couldn't really make out who they were. And then, and then they come back and they're standing behind John and I can't really see, but I can see the, the one that's taller. And she's making these facial gestures and pointing down and laughing and pointing at this lady in front of her. And I'm like, what is going on? And I lean around John. And when I do Camille's standing there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she doing here? Like last time she came here, she, she's like, I'm never coming back to your church. Your people are crazy, you know, all, all this stuff. And I'm like, what is she doing here? And she walks up to me and she hands me her handicap sign cut in half and I lose it. And I go, oh my gosh, where is your cane? What happened? And she starts telling me that she woke up the next morning, the day after I prayed for the last time, completely healed. And it's forever wrecked my heart every year we celebrate it every year and every year the lord does something else and i can't tell you how this has been going on for 10 years and every year something significant happens if i could teach anybody anything the simplicity of what jesus paid look his body was broken so that we don't have to be broken period not in our finances not in our marriages not in our relationships and certainly not in our bodies His body was broken, so we don't have to be. And that's a very simple principle I live with. When I start praying for people, it's not open for discussion whether or not he wants to heal them. He already paid for it. It's not even open for discussion. He already paid an ultimate price I can never repay. What what I can do is pick up the, the gift and the price that he paid and apply it to their life because I know he loves them.
1: We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.